1: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin
0: and Daryl Leiter.
1: Welcome to another special edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland coming to you live from the Greenbrier Resort in the Allegheny Mountains of West Virginia, also known as the Middle of Nowhere. The Browns are in a bunker that is not hyperbole. Uh, Team meetings and uh, breakfasts and all that other kind of stuff, they literally are in the Cold War bunker. Joining me now, a very special guest, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him, uh, at least the team can't. He is the executive vice president of football operations and general manager. It's also a mouthful. It's also the largest door sign in the building in Berea. I hope to God the person that had to do it uh, got paid by the letter because they're retired by now. Andrew Barry, thanks for the time. Thanks for having me, Daryl. Uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, look, uh, you guys are down here to work. Uh, it's uh, not all fun and games here. I know you had the off day earlier this week, but... Uh, let's start here with the expectations this year. Uh, Jimmy and Dee Haslam this week, they they wouldn't put a number on anything. They, they basically told us though, your expectation, Kevin Stefanski's expectations, supersedes anything that they can come up with. So just how do you feel about uh, the expectations going into this 2023 season? Yeah,
0: our, our our goal is to make sure that we're playing our best football by the end of the year. That's what you see with really all the best teams in, in the league. Um, but really, we're more focused on just the work because it, There's a lot of time until we get to the opening of the season. And we know it'll take a lot of twists and turns. And if we don't do a good enough job laying the foundation here in training camp and on a daily basis, you know, the rest of it won't matter. But if we do take care of our business, then we think we'll look up, you know, towards the end of the year and playing in games. games.
1: As you go through, whether it's training camp or the season, you know, they say pressure bursts pipes. And unfortunately, over the years, a lot of pipes have burst in Cleveland. So when you just look at the state of the organization, this is year four for you and Kevin, how confident are you that you guys really have this thing under control and, you know, are going to be able to get this thing across the
0: finish line? Yeah, we we feel really good about the players, coaches, and staff that we have in the organization. Um, We think it's in a really healthy place. We are... Looking forward to seeing this uh, collection of players and coaches come together throughout the fall, and uh, you know we'll deal with the season as it unfolds. But uh, we have a high degree of confidence in um, you know what's in the locker room, what's on the sidelines, um, and the support staff that we have around those individuals.
1: Ownership, you know, they give you everything and anything you need. Obviously, you guys are down here in Greenbrier. This is not an inexpensive yeah. vacation for, for for the team. The commitment that they uh, have shown. Uh, obviously not all ownership groups do that in professional sports and they have basically told you and kevin you tell us what you need and we make that happen but at the same time like any other owner they want to return on that investment do you guys feel that i pressure is the wrong word Mm -hmm. but like the responsibility to deliver for them because they do their best to deliver for you guys
0: so first and foremost you're right daryl the hazlums have been fantastic with us Um, you know, they've, they've provided all the necessary resources um, for the team and the organization to be successful, and we are very fortunate to have them um, you know, as our managing partners and ownership group. Um, I think anyone in a decision-making GM, head coaching uh, position you know wants to make sure to um, have a team that not only the ownership group but the city and the fan base can be proud of and you know we're no different in that regard we're excited about you know this upcoming season and uh, that's why our filmmakers is on the work on a daily basis to make sure that uh, we have a team that can make uh, make the organization of the city proud
1: of. once the season starts you're kind of like the fireman you got to put out the fires uh, one of the early fires that you had to worry about was the receiver position right you come here saturday uh, the news obviously unfortunate marquise goodwin blood clots first and foremost hope he's okay just from a health standpoint playing as secondary um but then uh anthony schwartz gets dinged up again and unfortunately that's been a little bit of a pattern for him amari cooper gets dinged up but now here we are we're on a friday afternoon recording this and schwartz and cooper are back on the field. Yeah. Meanwhile everyone up in Cleveland's freaking out wanting to know where the where the replacement troops are coming. When when is Andrew Berry gonna bring in more wide receiver support?
0: I think there was a certain point in the offseason where we had like 15 receivers in the roster and everyone was asking how many more receivers could we possibly sign. But uh, you know we're glad to get Coop and, and Anthony back. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously going to be a little bit more conservative early in camp. We have a longer runway um, than every other team in the NFL besides the Jets. But um, with those two guys back in the hole, we feel really good. You mentioned Marquise earlier. Uh, obviously, that's a kind of like a week-to-week issue. Um, and we're hopeful that that'll progress um, quickly. But we also have some guys that, you know, maybe our fans aren't quite as familiar with that um, you we know, will play next next Thursday and throughout the preseason that we're, we're excited to see. But we feel good about that room. Um, it's, you know, with the exception of Marquise, it's, um, it's pretty healthy right now. And um, we look forward to seeing how it comes together. Depth is so
1: important to get through a season. Um, to win in the NFL, obviously, you need a franchise quarterback. Check you know. that off. You have to, Sean. Um, you need a little luck. And you need some depth. Just how do you feel about the depth that you have to be able to handle what might get thrown at you?
0: Well, we feel good coming into, into training camp, you know, probably like in other teams. But you know, truth be told, until we see how we get through camp and uh, we continue to assess the roster, you know, we, won't, you know, we won't really know. Um, you know. There are a lot of veterans and, uh, and rookie players that we're excited to see once the pads come on. Um, but we feel like, look, no roster is perfect. You know, there, there are definitely going to be areas that we're likely to buttress um, from some type of external addition, um, you know, probably before the first week or during the season. But on the whole, we're, we are pretty pleased with uh, the depth and quality that we have across the roster.
1: Uh, pardon me if I don't get the exact phraseology correct, huh? uh, but you did happen to drop on us uh, in your opening camp availability. The, the protagonist of today's football <laughs> game is the quarterback. So I'm going to ask you about your protagonist, yeah. Yeah. Uh, more so off the field, because obviously that's important. Um, the Haslam's have mentioned it. We've got to talk to Deshaun. He mentioned uh, a lot of the personal growth that he's tried to do very privately behind the scenes. Um, just from your perspective, uh, how uh, how different is it with Deshaun from this time a year ago, knowing that? He's going to be out there week one against Cincinnati, and you don't have to worry about any uh, delays.
0: Yeah, it's, it's significantly different. And, um, you know, I think his comfort in the city with the organization, with his teammates, um, obviously with the off-field situation resolved, um, it really does create a difference coming into camp. I would even say more generally, I was actually telling someone um, yesterday afternoon, I think one of the more rewarding parts as a general manager is when you we bring a lot of players in when they're very young. Um, and not just seeing them progress as players, but seeing them mature as, as people as, as it goes from year to year to year. And, you know, we think Deshaun, or actually we know Deshaun's in a really good place, um, and we're looking forward to something
1: season. Andrew Berry, kind enough to join us on this edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We'll have more with the Browns EVP slash GM
0: after this. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Welcome back to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder coming to you live from West Virginia. Andrew, very kind enough to join us here on the podcast, or if you're watching us on YouTube, the vidcast, I don't know, whatever they call it these days. Uh, if I would have bumped into you when you were at Harvard, say around 19, 20, 21 years old, and I would have said, hey, Andrew, uh, you know, I hopped in my DeLorean can. I just want to let you know, uh, you're going to be running the Cleveland Browns and be the youngest, highest ranking executive
0: in the football community. What would your response have been to me? I would have been like, is uh, is the date April the 1st? That's what I would have assumed because at that point, you know, working in professional sports or in a front office, uh, I, I, I never really thought of it like That was not even in my... Calculus? Yeah, it wasn't in my calculus at all, so I would have been very, very surprised.
1: So you're, uh, if I remember correctly, you're a four-year starter, that right, was, uh, yeah. f- for the uh, for the Crimson, mm-hmm. not the newspaper, the, the team. Um, so let me ask you this as delicately as I can, because I want to continue the interview. Uh, what happened?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 i tell you what, we had a good four-year run there, Darrell. We, uh, we won the Ivy League two years in a row. Um it was a it was a fantastic experience for myself had a lot of success on the field um and i'm really thankful for coach murphy for, for recruiting me and uh um, it was it was a very influential four years in my life is that why you love corners so much <laughs> is, is there an implicit bias built into you you know i was actually um I was recruited I, I was a high school quarterback. So I first time I played corner All right, actually, time out. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I wasn't big enough. There you can you can see as we're standing next <laughs> to you, that's what happened. let Let's my, let's my frame this up pool, for right? the folks. Like if we're back to back. My gene pool it didn't didn't quite work out. Neither but did mine. Don't feel bad. <laughs> it was just before the shorter quarterbacks were in vogue in the NFL. So uh, that, at least that's what I like to tell people. So, uh, made the position switch to corner. We had actually one of our um, our senior all conference players. He got hurt for the for the majority of the season, so the job was open. I was fortunate to win the job as a freshman, and then um, you know I had a, a three year stint where I was a first team all conference player and an all American, and um, you know I, I love playing the position. So, yeah. all right. So can you name the
1: last player from
0: Harvard drafted?
1: And I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be up front here. Yeah. I, I looked this up. I gotta imagine it's check, right? One player right after him. That was that's who I thought it was yeah. as well. As I look at my notes here, Cole Toner oh, in yep, the fifth yep, round, yep, number yep, 170 set nope, yep. Arizona.
0: I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. To, I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know that one because I actually went to Harvard year to scout Cole because I was I was okay. up in the area. I totally forgot. That's right. He, got he, was, a, he was a good athletic tackle. Um, I believe that they moved inside a guard in the NFL.
1: So what inspired you to, I guess, give up corporate America and go into scouting with the Indianapolis Colts? Because
0: you, like, you, you started, yeah. y-
1: you were grabbing coffee for folks type thing, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I was, I was grabbing coffee, making medical runs, holding chains at practice, um, getting Bill Pulley in, the gas station hot dogs for his lunch. Like, I remember, yeah, I know, I was like, Oh, all, all, all those things. But By
1: the way, um, JW says hot dogs are not a sandwich, so it just... <laughs> we covered we, we
0: covered that on the previous podcast hey, hey we can't all be right all the time right so I mean hey hot dogs are pretty clearly
1: similar. I am not getting between you and JW on that I will not I will not be responsible for any internal discord as a result of the uh, hottest contested argument in in uh, pop culture history, is a hot dog a sandwich or not. But, uh, so uh, you're you're uh, you're in scouting with the culture, you're doing all the, the, the menial tasks and, and that, and uh, obviously it takes a go-getting type of a, a personality to do that,
0: um, and then you quickly start moving up the ranks. Yeah. I was very fortunate to have a number of losses that one, gave me opportunity, and then two, didn't hold my age against me. Um, I was very fortunate to come to the NFL under Bill Bowling, and my estimation is the, you know, the greatest GM of all time. So i worked under him for three years. Uh, we went to the Super Bowl my first year as, you know, in the league. Um, I got into college scouting and fan scouting. Um, you know, when we had you know, Peyton and Reggie Wayne and Pierre Garçon, Dallas Clark, White, Frigley, Robert Mathis. So I, it, was, it was a great training ground for football and then when ryan grigson was hired that was probably my next you know major step in the career where ryan came in i didn't know he didn't know me from adam Um, his background was different than bill's and it actually allowed me to broaden my area of expertise so with ryan i ended up overseeing you know pro personnel and then being the number two person in contract management so it expanded my um, area of expertise within you know the salary cap um, you know and player you know player costs uh, and then later in my, my career there, uh, that's when you, know, you really started seeing some acceleration of like the data boom in the NFL. Um, Indianapolis was a very traditional shop and you know, I got to start building like a, a formative kind of research group you know, within that space. Um, and then I transitioned to, to Cleveland first and under, you know, under Sashi and, um, and Paul and along with with Hugh, which, you know, obviously it was a, a tough two years yeah. um, you know, on the field, but it was an incredible learning experience because, um, you know, Sashi's background was unique, Paul's background was unique, what um uh, we comp- the way we were trying to accomplish uh, sustainable winning was, was certainly different than the sport he had seen, um, but I learned a lot, probably the, the biggest things I learned were really more in terms of, like, management of scale, because at that point, um, I managed pro scouting, college scouting, scouting research, scouting research arms, um, and even though I was decision maker.
1: Yeah, I confess, as someone who covered a lot of Major League Baseball, when the Browns hired Paul DePodesta, I wondered how hiring a baseball guy to help run an NFL franchise was was, was going to work. And, you know, I talked to a lot of people around the game, and they said, one of paul's greatest strengths was organizational building and candidly that was something that the cleveland browns historically failed to do uh, which led to well the, the the carousel so to speak both on the field and, and behind the scenes so just the impact that that paul has had on your career bringing in a a little bit of a non-traditional perspective yeah. To, to, to the job in the yeah. organization,
0: I think with Paul, I think people forget that um, you know, he was a assistant GM or GM in baseball for like 20 years. You know, he was. Uh, he's obviously known for the influence of of, of using data and analytics in uh, you know on-field decision-making capacities. But you know, management is management at the highest level of sports. And yes, the, the sport may change, but he has such a wealth of knowledge of being at a a senior executive level, um, you know, across a number of different organizations, that he's been a a fantastic mentor to me, both in terms of how I think about whether it's decision-making, hiring, managing, you know, leadership, you name it, because even though we're in different, even though, like, GMs are in different sports, deal with the same problems, just the mechanics may be, you know, may be a little bit different, and to have someone who has you know, walk the past before has been incredibly valuable.
1: I would say, probably the most unusual portion of your journey, at least from my perspective, is you leave the Browns for one year and, and honestly, not even a year, you go to Philadelphia and then you come back. For you, just how yeah. I get, maybe bizarre is the wrong word, but it almost feels like that's the most appropriate word yeah. because you, you leave uh, it, here, you go there, is. and the next thing you know, but at this time when you come back, it's, it's your show yeah, to run. Yeah,
0: it's, 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 we always joke as like my internship year, uh, but it's, <laughs> it, it, when I left Cleveland, I, you know, I would have never envisioned, I would have never envisioned returning because you usually don't return to the organizations that, that you leave. Yeah. And um, certainly within that time frame, and I was very, very happy in Philadelphia, you know, working. Um, you know, with Howie Roseman, who I've mentioned before, is, is one of my, my biggest mentors in the sport, um, and, and, and worked with him in Philadelphia. But when the opportunity in Cleveland uh, came up, it was unique because it was like, okay, you have the opportunity to return to an organization where you developed a lot of these really, like, deep, meaningful relationships, um, not just, like, in a professional sense, but in a, in a personal sense, because, you know, if you do go back to an organization, usually it's, like, way down the line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people that you work with the first time are gone, and that wasn't the case here. And I also had still, like, even when I was in Philadelphia, like, I was invested in the Eagles, but I would also still always check the Browns scores because I think that period, 2016 through 2018, where you have a a major role in in terms of bringing on a number of, like, the, the young players, you, you still do have a little bit of attachment to see how their careers will turn out. So it was a, it was a unique fit for me. I was familiar with the people in the organization. Um, I, I, I really liked the infrastructure. was familiar with the roster and um, really felt like it home. Awesome.
1: Andrew Berry joining us on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Two segments down, one more to go. Hang tight. More with the Browns EVP GM after this. It's always game day in Cleveland. Browns Executive Vice President and Football Operations and General Manager Andrew Berry joining us on the, uh, the podcast here from the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Um, Andrew, one of the big things in the NFL right now, and, and it's not even just right now, it, it has been for years and years and years, has been diversity. Um, the Haslams, to their credit, they have had a very strong record of having a diverse uh, building uh, from the early stages of their ownership. Um, It is a challenge that the league has been trying, whether it's the Rooney Rule. Now they have these uh, uh, accelerator programs, I believe they're called. Just as one of the few minority general managers in this league, where, or how do you feel, I should say, about the league's approach to not only the encouragement of qualified candidates getting through that pipeline, not only in the coaching ranks, but executive ranks, and how far they still have to go to really i guess meet that obligation
0: yeah i think it's easy for people to point out that hey are, are we where we exactly where we want to be as a league and you know, the answer is no but i actually would commend the nfl for the progress that we've made you know even since i've been in this seat. i think oftentimes it's really more about um exposure and overcoming our, our biases because i think if you probably asked every owner you know they would Want to hire individuals that they think can ultimately you know, deliver a, you know, a sustainable winner. And I think what the league has done with the enhancements with the Rooney rule, the enhancement with diversity programs, the accelerator programs, um, I think it has been excellent. I think you are seeing the impact, particularly at the general manager and club president levels. Like there, there has been an influx of um, diverse hires in those roles over the past you know, three off seasons. Um, I still think there's work to do on the coaching front, quite candidly. Um, uh, but I don't think it's because of a, a, a lack of effort. I think that you know if we can get a um, you know kind of a, a, a uh, you know, demographically diverse uh, you know, set of leaders, that's you know maybe the first step. But I also think that there's work to be done in terms of diversity of thought, diversity of, of backgrounds um, in some of these decision-making seats. I think that only enhances the pool of candidates that, um, you know, whether you're an owner or a team president, kind of expand your mind to in terms of what a successful general manager would like.
1: Losing Kwesi to the Vikings, big loss, but just how much pride do you yeah. take in him having worked under you,
0: and he does get elevated? Yeah, a, a lot. Just it, it's That's actually one of the uh, most rewarding aspects of the job, um, to, to think about where he came in. Uh, with our organization and what he's done already in a very short time in, in Minnesota. Um, to see him have success is incredibly rewarding. And I'm looking forward to seeing other people from our front office, you know, the NFL teams. I think, you know, Glenn Cook and Kathleen Race will both leave their own NFL team soon. Um, and just to take a small part, I mean, these are talented individuals, right? They're, they're going to find their way regardless, but to take maybe a small part um, you know, in their development is incredibly helpful.
1: Uh, did you send a thank you card to
0: him for Zedaria Smith <laughs> we worked on that one for a while Daryl and uh, it's always nice to be doing a deal that's mutually beneficial for um, you know one of your one of your friends in the uh, in the league and um, it's one of those you know
1: I don't know. Some of your win win trades have been highway robbers. So I, I that's why yeah, you know, you know well the teams are at different points in their life cycle. They may be
0: prioritizing different things.
1: So. A little lighter question, your harder database for you to manage. Is it the uh, the, the, the free agency to beat stuff in, in March or is it the draft prospect one?
0: Oh boy, good question. Um I tried to at least get one of those in here. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. I you know the the, the, the I'd say it's free agency because I'd say this free agency is more challenging because it takes more twists and turns because there's just like more uncertainty and the market's like more opaque, but, um, or actually I'd say it's more like, it's like, it's less like visible to the team yeah. because it's, it's, it's like almost sometimes like a negotiation and the draft, it's almost like it's just so structured that, um, it's a little bit, the process is a little bit like riding, right, by not draft weekend. There are a lot of potential you know, changes or things that can um, you know, throw a curveball into your planning. But free agency, it's, it's fast, it's, long, it's more than three days. Um, you're dealing with players and prices, um, but it's also a lot more fun.
1: Do you have any burner social media accounts out there?
0: I do not. I have a. Uh, I have a Twitter account. I use it for like news, that type of thing. But I, I don't do it for anything really. Football
1: related. Really. I, I will say I, I love Mrs. Barry's Twitter account because she put. She she has like right in the headline. She says anybody that tries to tell me to tell my husband how to do the job gets blocked. <laughs> I, I I just think that that's like the the the, the perfect the perfect uh, description. But um, you know it's. It is it is a unique time, right? I mean, social media it matters. It matters to the team. Uh, It it matters to players and and their brands and things like that. How 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 much attention though, as a general manager, do you have to pay to that? I mean, we've seen in the NBA players
0: get in trouble because of their social media. Usually only when Peter tells me to. Okay. Uh, (laughs) And for those (laughs) that are wondering,
1: that's Peter John Baptiste. He is the chief. Am I getting that correct? That's right. He is the chief. When it comes to the communications yes, department
0: man. with the the Haslam Sports Group, so yeah, I, honestly, like there are you know there are you know must know. I, I try and control my inputs because there's there's so much you know noise and everything out there, which you know obviously our sport it's it's an entertainment business at the end of the day. So there's a lot of um, there's just like a lot of noise around it. So really do try and just like filter to what's important, what is like actionable. No. Um, and everything else i really just largely try to try and walk out so obviously there will be there, there has been stuff that has come up on social media that um you know in the general manager role you have to deal with either positively or negatively um but you know outside of that i, I try not to um, you know ingest too much of that stuff you know, your time can be spent elsewhere last one for you and i'll let you go
1: thanks for your time um how do you relax you, you have a 24 7 365 job how are you able to just, because you have to decompress yeah. at some point. So what do you, what do, you do to just kind of kick back well, and get away from the game when you need so to? So first,
0: it's, it's spending time with my kids. My kids are 5, 4, and 2. Um, they are a handful, but they're a super fun age. Um, and then some of the hobbies, like love working out, love hiking, um, big into strategy board games. And then, um, you know, me and my wife, we really love, like, um, you know, some of the different shows on some of the different streaming devices and uh big Survivor Survivor things, things like that.
1: He is Andrew Barry. Appreciate the time. Best of luck to yeah, you this season. It, and And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the Browns are able to do here in 2023. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Reminder, get your podcasts, uh, either Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, Odyssey app. We appreciate the subscription. Leave us a rating. Tell, tell me how much you hate me, love me, whatever. We appreciate you listening and watching. You're listening and watching, too. It's always game day in Cleveland again. Our
0: thanks to Andrew Barry.